0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily. It's a podcast. I'm Bo I'm your host. It's Thursday, February 3rd. We are getting close with uh, just a little over a week away from the Super Bowl between the Bengals and the Rams. Still tons of stuff happening Outside of this actual game that will be going on in the NFL, if you're watching on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Pick Six, hit subscribe, turn on alerts, like, and comment. Of course, we we'll live after the uh, Super Bowl, and anytime someone is hired, also coming Friday because there's no pick show. I gotta tell you, an unbelievable podcast. John Breach called up Jim Breach, his dad, former Bengals kicker. And he jumped on the show with us and he said, oh, and by the way, would you like me to get Anthony Munoz on? And we said, yeah, we'd like to do that. And they told some incredible stories. This will be an incredible show as well. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a five star rating. Joining me to break down many of the different things going around the NFL, CBS sports, NFL insider, Justine Anderson. Just, what's up?
2: What's up? Well, you know, listen, um, it, it always feels like stuff is going on in the NFL. This week, it's gone up to another level. I feel like the temple is oh, yeah. burning, and I can't get no rest. <laughs> it's the week before Super Bowl, and, you know, the NFL's hair is on fire, literally.
1: Brian Statement, Flores. Statement's
2: going coming out everywhere.
1: Tuesday, mm-hmm. February 1st, the uh, the first day of Black History Month, which does not feel coincidental. Brian Flores filed a lawsuit, former Miami Dolphins coach, against the NFL, against the New York Giants against the miami dolphins and uh wait who else did he sue in name
2: the giants the dolphins
1: the broncos the broncos oh god that's right he basically said john always showed up drunk to their to the an hour late to the interview and john always since issued a statement back about that very uh anyway and he also sued the other 29 nfl teams uh but they're john doe corporations which is, uh, learn something new always learn something new with the law um what's what's I'm curious, what was your reaction? And what's sort of been the reaction to that lawsuit? Uh from what you hear around the league?
2: Well, I think it's uh besides uh, root- in the initial
1: cuss words like oh bleep, you know. With, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, um,
2: I it, it's definitely rooted in historical issues. Um, and those concerns led to the formulation of the Fritz Pollard Alliance back in the day, the architect. Sure of the Rooney Rule, all of those things. So that is why there's such a strong uh, listing of multiple examples that kind of highlight that uh, historically, and you know, just concerns that we have in the media. Um, I also think a lot of people uh, are triggered around the league. You know, Ooh. with this coming out, it's um it it's bringing up a lot of um, you know, it's stirring up the water in the well. Mm and that is uh it's hurtful you know and even as a person of color um you know you, i don't think there's one alive <laughs> um you know that hasn't gone through uh different plights where you know the tentacles are not you know kind of i guess stimulated by this so to speak and i'm just watching my phone i'm sorry yeah yeah, yeah. No, no 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 not i'm missing anything while we're talking i mean you know i mean one of the
1: i mean you know <laughs> Well, one of the last times that we did one of these podcasts, yeah, uh, and 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 you know, it, you know, I guess sort of connected, right? Brian Flores yep. still in the running for the Texans job. Uh, the Texans had fired uh, David Cully, like <laughs> so, so yeah, by all in means, the middle of so- in the
2: middle of us talking, which is a, yeah. you know, a part of this as well. Um, but like I was saying, it's you know, it's a difficult subject, it's a bringing up a range of emotions in people. Um, I don't think that I am you know, hearing, um, like this uh brute force of you know people ready to you know level arms so to speak and it's not a reflection of um you know the the credibility that they feel like Brian Flores has and make making these uh allegations but rather um you know one you know fear of reprisal and or two um you know what really is the next step after and that's what I'm hearing from coaches that I've spoken to you know, We've heard these things before, outside of the specifics of what Brian Flores is alleging, which is very volatile. But you know, what's next? What's Plan B? You know, what 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 is the end goal here? You know that that I've heard that. I've also heard people say um, they don't think that, that that I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna call. It. It's not so much that it's a waste of time, but that it's the wrong focus. Like, you know, what is the discussion to be had on how much you can force? Uh, someone who owns a business to, you know, hire, uh, you know, a certain proportion of, of people of color, so to speak, right? And what, right. And what really is that ratio? Um, certainly, you want uh, laws of equity to be followed um, and the process to be authentic, right? Uh, and so this particular coach was saying that he feels like we need to Uh, focus on, you know, expansion and things like that and and creating more opportunities by having more teams. So that's another and and, or obviously permeating ownership. And and what are the real paths for that actually happening? The other thing I heard from another coach is someone feels like uh, Mike Tomlin being the only black coach in the NFL. um, uh, This person feels like he needs to speak up because of his tenure uh and i haven't even had a chance to tweet this out there's just so much going on can't I? <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, and i will um but uh that my and i said this on the cbs hq uh, hit that i did a few hours ago but that, that this person feels like mike tomley needs to speak up because of the tenure that he has uh the security and job position that he has and the economic security because of the duration of that tenure um, that it would be very important to hear from him as an active head coach and as the only uh, black head coach in the NFL to speak up on this situation. So, so those are some of the things that I'm hearing.
1: Well, you know, it's 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 tough because I think that like the Rooney Rule was designed in like it was a good thing. Like, it, obviously, it was designed with well, like like you know, beneficial intentions. Um, one of the downsides is that the Rooney rule in, in theory works very well. And, but in practice, oftentimes it can lead to teams simply checking a box. And I, I think that's part of the problem, right? Like you don't want, you don't want a team to just as a hypothetical to fire their head coach and say, you know what? We can get Jim Harbaugh. Like it would be great. We get Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. They're like, but unfortunately we have to interview a minority first. Like that's, that is the antithesis of what the Rooney rule actually is and okay, so but but I don't know, but I don't know how you like I, I and I don't and I think the NFL is probably struggling with this too is like I don't know how you go about enacting change that is actually easily uh, that actually like that makes it pra- like the practic like in practice like how do you enact change that creates the beneficial approach in practice from these NFL teams. And I think that's kind of hard to do. It would be hard to do for any business, right? So I
2: think one is you have to go back to, you know, all of the things that weren't happening that led to the formulation of the Fritz Pollard Alliance and the Rooney rule. And while people have a a big debate going on, as far as the, um, you know, effectiveness of the Rooney rule, whether it should be in existence, I don't think what is up for debate is the intention of it, right, which is to create more diversity in the uh, hiring uh, process, right? The other way to look at this is, um, because you're right, I mean, uh, if an owner has in their mind that they want to interview a certain candidate, uh, or, or that they favor a certain candidate, um, you know, how authentic are those subsequent interviews, right? Right. Um, So there's a couple ways to look at this. One, where would the process be without the Rooney Rule? So you have to think of the inverse of that, right? Where would it be without the Rooney Rule in terms of the amount of minority candidates that would be in front. Uh, Mike Tomlin, who I mentioned is a function of the Rooney rule and by the way was not, uh, on uh, the, at the top of the list at the time that that was occurring. So there are examples and others, um, that are, are, you know, an example of the Rooney rule working. Um, and even if they do have someone earmarked for that job, um, as I believe the Minnesota Vikings is the case with, you know, Jim Harbaugh, you know, there are instances in which, depending on the candidate, um, that you can have this interview and just be blown away, you know. Right. So so that that possibility can happen. But there are other mitigating circumstances like so when you look at the Giants situation and having a candidate as or a person in that uh, position as GM, who has a connection to two of the candidates who are coming in there, mostly namely Brian Dayball on the offensive side of the ball. And then the nuance of with that team, the defense already being strong, you know, right. it's very hard to not see where Brian Dayball was already
1: and and he, and he worked in Buffalo with Joe Shane. So it's That's like. The
2: part. Yeah, right. And, and that built in, which is okay. And you understand uh, a GM having that comfort and trust because part of that is a component, you know, is familiarity and trust, though obviously not every person that is hiring someone out there. Like if you go to Pizza Hut, I'm pretty sure that you weren't working you know, with that person before. So there are, are, you know, jobs where, you know, people get filled for jobs where there's a pre existing familiarity, but certainly that helps. And and I just want to carve out something really quickly that I I thought was important with even within that giant situation that I did find uh, uh, somewhat troublesome. um, And I didn't get an opportunity to really report on it because I was in the or comment on it because I was in the air. So I felt like I could have broken that news, but I was in the air. And the same thing with the Raiders as I was on the field, literally at SoFi, when that news came across, though I was hearing that at 6 a.m. that morning. But nonetheless, (laughs) with the nonetheless, right, with the giant situation, what I found to be disturbing, and I and I think we could literally pinpoint the time um, with regards to the tweets. So Leslie Fraser's job uh, interview was scheduled at 9 a.m. So I'm going to assume that that started at 9 a.m. or shortly thereafter. That's what I right. tweeted before, and and maybe some you know we can look this up on the timeline or or regardless, but at some point in the early afternoon, a tweet comes out, people reporting that Leslie Fraser's interview was done with the Giants. Right. Okay. My flight that same day was at 5 15. 5 15 PM. Okay. Um I had conversations um that you know made me aware of I'll just say where Leslie Frazier's whereabouts were at that time. Just put it that way. Right. And my understanding is is that Leslie Frazier, per my conversations, um had just gotten back to uh Buffalo. Like literally, you know, it's just getting down. All right. Sure. And so as soon as I get in the air and normally it takes a certain amount of time, Will, before you can get Wi-Fi service when you're 30,000 feet up. Okay. It wasn't even an hour later where I open up my laptop. And what do I see? According to this timeline that Brian Dayball is named the head coach of the New York Giants. Right. Let's just think about this timeline. Even if that interview, let's just call it twelve, and I don't have the exact tweet. I know it's out there. When people said that the the Brian Dayball interview is over, let's call let's call it twelve, right. and let's say it and let's say it's six. Let's call it six o'clock. So within that time, and I think it's still narrow, because obviously there's the time to inform the candidates, let Brian Dayball know, draft up the press release, so you know that that time is even more contracted. Will right. How much time after Leslie Frazier was there consideration of all the things that Leslie Frazier said in that interview?
1: Apparently, not much.
2: But that's what I'm. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So for I, I, just wanted to point that timeline out because I don't think much was made about that at all. And I, and I, because I even said that I'm like, how is it? Because literally, the last thing that was told to me before I took off with my sources, let's talk before Sunday. About the the Giants head coaching job. I was not prepared for that to happen that day because I'm thinking, okay, I know, I knew he was definitely going to have the interview because Joe Shane's presence, let alone. I don't know that all, all people realize that Shane, Leslie Frazier, Brian Dayball have the same agent. That's a whole hey. nother stuff. That's a whole nother subject. That's another, can, that's another issue
1: with these that, interviews. That, for sure. That, yeah, yeah. Well, that,
2: that's a, that's a whole nother layer. And I, and I have, extreme respect for their uh, agent. So I'm not, I'm not pointing to anything being nebulous with uh, who that is. I'm just saying that that's another component that let me know for sure that Leslie Fraser was getting that interview that 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 was going to happen. Okay. That's really what I'm trying to illuminate. And uh, although it is a separate topic about, you know, uh, the the alliances and, and how sometimes that foretells, you know, how things unfold. Okay. So that's a separate subject. But my, my point is is that I said to myself that there was no way that uh, Joe Shane wasn't going to, you know, look through this thoroughly, or at least from an optics standpoint, have that look that way because of the regard for Leslie Frazier. So sure. I was very surprised that that timeline was so short.
1: Well, and, you know, part of the, the Leslie Frazier thing is interesting too, because, uh, you know, one of Brian Flores's issues is stems from with the giant stems from the Bill Belichick text in which it appears that Bill Belichick was attempting to text Brian Dable and tell him congratulations and texted the wrong Brian in his phone, who amongst us hasn't been there, Bill. Uh, but you know, pretty bad timing for it. Um, and and you know, Flores is like, Are you trying to text Dable or, or trying to text Brian Flores? He's like, Oh my god, I you know, I screwed up. Um, the you know, granted, I, I think, I guess, I mean. Like, why did the if the Giants already interviewed Leslie Frazier and I believe had another uh, black candidate that they spoke to? Maybe it was their defensive coordinator. Maybe they already spoken to Flores. Like, why did they bring Leslie Frazier back for a second interview if they knew they were going to hire Brian Dable? Like, why are you bring like you are because you're, you're kind of wasting his time, you know? And it's it, you know, like if you know you're going to hire another guy, why are you going through the whole?
2: Well, a a couple of things I, there've been so many head coaching interviews and literally because I have been, been traveling so much. I can't sit up here and tell you that I, um, like remember all of the, the list through the first rounds and second rounds. Right. I do know the uh, modification to the ruining rule that you have to at least interview two. um, and I don't like saying and I understand other people say that, but me personally, I don't like to say minority, but a, another person of color, um, you know, with regards to the head coaching vacancy and only, but only one of those has to be done in person. Right. Um, so I don't know where they were in terms of that tally. But to answer your question, I would say that. um you know, part of it is optics. Right. And and in terms of how a candidate looks to be regarded. Right. So, for example, like with Aaron Glenn, pe- some people are saying, OK, you know, he's having these interviews, you know, with the Saints and he had another one, I believe, with the Broncos or what have you. And, you know, uh, you know, what what is the scenario of uh, of these interviews with him? Right. And but there's also a component of um Him having the regard, you know, that that gets reflected back into the market. And so what I'm saying is with Leslie Frazier coming into a second time, when you consider the connection of, you know, the agent and the components, um, especially coming off such an emotional loss that they had um, uh, to the Chiefs, I believe. I think from an optics standpoint in terms of how you look as a candidate in the market, that it was important for Leslie Frazier to look as uh, the, uh you know, to receive a second interview.
1: Sure. I mean, it's uh yeah, it's, it's. That, it's that's it, what it's, I'm it's,
2: thinking is the thinking I can't, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, uh uh you know, that's Leslie Frazier saying that to me or what have you. That's what I think is the, the thought process, you know, behind that and also he, he has his own relationship with uh, uh Joe Shane and obviously his own connection with the 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 Bill situation and and it's not to say that uh Brian Dayball is, is is a is a very strong candidate in his own right and and no one is disputing that um especially when you uh, match it up against the needs of the Giants at the time the question is how much of a foregone conclusion you know was that prior to other people interviewing and what does that say about the chances that those people who are coming after that conclusion is made really have.
1: Right. And, you know, now we have uh, in addition, you know, same sort of thing. Um, uh, Eric Metz came out and told the Associated Press that back when Matt Patricia was hired by the Lions that, uh, you know, Bob Quinn had made up his mind. Yeah, Bob Quinn knew. Quote, quote: Bob Quinn knew he was hiring Matt Patricia and used Terrell Austin to comply with the Rooney Rule. Didn't work out well for the Lions. They never sort of fired Jim Caldwell. I mean, I think this. I mean, unfortunately, you know, like again, that comes back to the Rooney Rule.
2: Remember speaking role. to Eric Metz at that time. Yes,
1: maybe mm-hmm. I mean, that, and, that yeah, goes back yeah. to the Rooney Rule situation, right? Where it's mm-hmm. you know you are requ- you know required to interview a minority candidate, but a lot of times these general managers have their head coaches already in mind and. You know, end up, and
2: that's why I asked the inverse of this question, right? But the other side of this, but where would we be without that? Correct. Because then we might see it might be homogenous. We might see no color in, right. in these interviews, right? So, that's yeah. Like, if I feel you like-
1: if you if you said if you said all right, NFL teams, no more Rooney Rule, you just got to do the right thing. You hire know-
2: the person that you like, and it was all closed door. Remember, it's not just the requirement that is. Um, you know, the benefit of the Rooney rule. It's the forced transparency of actually seeing who is getting interviewed. You probably wouldn't even know. Then they would say to you, Oh, we in, oh, our process was thorough. We Perfect. vetted such and such candidates, and it could just be Jim Harbaugh straight to the, you know, you know, poll position of the, of the vacancy. Right. So, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, advocating one way or the other. What I'm saying is, you know, this line of thinking goes exactly to when we're talking about a franchise replacing a quarterback. You have to tell me what is the flip side of that option before you sell me on what you currently have being bad.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's, that, it's. That's
2: what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, look, it's a complex issue. It's one we'll keep diving into. Um, I don't want to, you know, I mean, I don't want to go too quickly from it, but I am curious, what do you think the fallout could be for the dolphins specifically um, with the brian flores with the brian flores lawsuit because i mean i know that they're technically being sued for racial discrimination but i mean like i mean they hired him so i don't think they're being sued for their hiring practices per se the real bombshell for me, when it comes to the Dolphins specifically, ah, is the what you 100K. Said. Okay, you know what I'm saying like the let me let, K- me let
2: me explain this. Let me explain this. Yeah. This this is, this is a, that is a good question. Okay, so just because other people of color exist in an organization doesn't mean that things can't happen within an organization that specifically impact or are unique to people of color. Okay. Yep. You're looking at one. <laughs> No, 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 I'm not even talking about like, I'm just talking about even over the course of, you know, my career, you know what I'm saying? Like thing or or, all, you know, or people of color in general, like, um, I don't, you don't have to work at a place, right? That is completely uh, homogenous outside of your presence for there to be uh, an existence of things that impact you as a person of color in that organization. In other
1: words, even though, and look, like, I mean, admittedly, middle aged uh, white guy here, not, you know, not, not, I like, I, yeah, uh, I'm 40s. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, Like, I mean, you know, like, I don't, I don't, anyway, to your point, the way I guess, so like Chris Greer is a black general manager mm-hmm. just because Chris Greer is a black general manager and Brian Flores is a black head coach does not, um, does not take away the, the idea that there is like racially discriminating things occurring. You know, because just- Okay.
2: Because here's the thing. When you go to work in any environment, pe- people are professional, but don't necessarily check their biases at the door. Number sure. one. Secondly, that doesn't mean that people aren't aware of narratives Right, and don't lean into those narratives to uh, uh, effectuate something that they want to happen within the workplace. That is a very, very important point. Within the first five pages of Brian Flores' lawsuit, he talks about the trope of the angry black man, right? And he talks about how he is disturbed at how, um, you know, this impacts. Um, how, how that narrative almost felt like it was leaned into to justify mm. his departure, regardless of the existence of other people of color there. Okay. Okay. Nice, and nice and, nice all, nice. and also not just the presence of people, others in the building. And I'm just talking about this from a macro standpoint, not specifically okay. with indoors to the Miami dolphins, but out outside 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 of this, I think it's it's you know that that narratives component is 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 so potent, is so the the, the trigger of that it you know it's it's just so potent. I just can't, you know, uh uh, undersell that, you know, based on the conversations that I'm having, and just the experience of, you know, covering the league, and just even in industries in general, right, the, the aspect of that is is just very, very important. And I think that, um, you know, people really need to not obscure that just because there are other people of color, in the building and I think that there's even more nuance even within the the communities of people of color to just discuss you know just because you know well I, I think right, that's uh, you have to have you I think you have to have I think before I even make that comment that there's just a lot more nuance beyond to just the actual look of your skin just put it that way
1: <laughs> sure. and, and and I guess I, mean, I guess it's like just because they hired Brian Flores a black head coach doesn't mean there can't be racial discrimination like post you know like in in the context of the organization just like despite just specifically
2: when, when things go awry right you know when things go awry doesn't mean that narratives can't be leaned into to explain a departure especially sure. especially more importantly if that person has produced
1: yeah because i mean he and and and, and head even head.
2: for me, like I have to be careful, right. So sure. even when that person has produced, you have to come up with an explanation to justify that when there is known production. And so where is the common pivot to go? Right. And the right. other thing I just want to make clear, too, that I think is a common construct or move or mechanism, too, is just because. And this is something, and we'll see what happens because I think there what will still four jobs still remaining. Yep. Uh, in the, okay with the jobs that are open, that, and this is a very important point because we very well could be talking about this within the next forty eight hours of, of me talking to you here, or with regards to any other position. So we'll see, we'll see. I don't know Jim Caldwell, Jacksonville, Flores, Texans, you know, whatever. It, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Okay, yep. but the point is is that just because there is a routine pivot move at times in corporations not specific to the ones that I mentioned, to replace a person of color in a a, a vacancy where it was occupied by a person of color. I'm, I'm bringing out the church fans on myself. <laughs> okay? Just because that is the case does not take away, mitigate, or reduce the existence of those concerns beforehand. Fair enough. That's a very important point. I mean, so, and we, and that could be, let me tell you, depending on how things go, You know because of people are people are going to be talking about let's say if brian flores gets hired by the houston texans or whatever you know people oh you know this is going to be the conversation what should be the authenticity of his lawsuit now i'm telling you that's going to be the centerpiece of the conversation if that happens does that take away from his claims
1: well no yeah (laughs) i mean like if he was describing yeah no i mean no
2: but with him specifically since he right now is the only plaintiff in that lawsuit and if he gets a job as a head coach, there are people who are going to be vociferously saying and vehemently saying that that completely undermines his case.
1: That that is and and yeah, that is correct. There will be people who say that, and there will be lawyers who say that uh, in order to uh, try and get the case dismissed or try and uh, you know get the uh, you know Curry legal favor with the judge, which is. Doesn't sound like a legal thing, but you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Like to beef up their case, they're going uh, to try. But
2: I, but even with saying that, I think it's really important to say. Will, and 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 um uh, you know, on the on the podcast, and I'm getting ready to even address this uh, even after this, is that I think it's very important to insert that Brian Flores is still in strong consideration for the Houston Texans job. That is the headline, even after filing this lawsuit. He's still in, con- and not by lip service. Cause let me tell you, I wouldn't repeat that as a report. One, as an insider who's been covering the league for 20 years. And then even two, as an insider who is a person of color. Trust right, me, right. if I didn't think he was a strong candidate, I'll just tell you he's not.
1: <laughs> well, and Trust and it, look, it makes sense that he's a strong candidate because he's mm-hmm. one, a good head coach, cause we saw mm-hmm. it work in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two, you know, Nick Casario and, and Brian Flores have a strong relationship. So it, it, it does, it does makes sense. I mean, certainly I would think that, I mean, how does it play out where, you know, if you're the saints or you're the Texans, you're like, all right, we're going to hire the guy who's suing us technically as a, you know, John Doe franchise. I mean, that's a little, a little tricky from that perspective, right? Cause Flores has told them I'm going to continue on with this lawsuit, even if I'm hired.
2: So again, um, when it comes to, I can't speak for the saints. When it comes to the Houston Texans, And the reason why I'm saying this so strongly is because I know the language, you know, and the tone of how it came to me. I listen, and and there's a word called discernment, right? Where if you feel what you're telling, uh, being told rather, is authentic, and I I was told in uh, no unequivocal terms, right, that absolutely. Um, and, and, and not only is he a strong candidate, but I, I don't hear the concern over the presence of the lawsuit being a, um, a, you know, a concern, at least with regards to the sources that I was talking to, that I can feel like I can say it with that, with that strength, you know what I mean? And now does it doesn't mean that there aren't multiple, uh, voices in this decision, but I can say that, that, um exists you know uh within uh, is a part of that framework of thinking.
1: Okay. That's good yeah. to uh that's good to know. All right let's uh <laughs> let's, let's take a quick break.
2: Let's crank the can I get some Beyonce let's, fan I'm just okay. Let's, let's <laughs> be, you
1: know, a fresh, fresh coach fan and uh, we'll take a break and when we come back we will look at some of the uh the other uh head coach openings mm-hmm.
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Okay, so we mentioned the Texans. Is it coming down to Brian Flores and and Josh McCown? Because, man, that is, you know, you talk about the narrative and you talk about the online discussion. Uh, If the Texans pick Josh McCown, who is never, and who I think is probably going to be a really good coach at some point, um, but it's never doesn't have any coaching experience above the high school level. I don't believe um, if they pick him, the 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 white former quarterback with no coaching well coaching experience above the high school level. Over who also
2: or, currently doesn't have a, a, a title as a coach with the Texans. Like he doesn't right. have a a, a a like you know like He's, he's not, like an advisor
1: like, or something.
2: Right, a coaching title. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: I'm just saying if they pick Josh McCown over Brian Flores, the ensuing commentary. Is going to be and the and the reaction is going to be and I think probably understandably uh, not calm, right? I mean, I mean, is, is that safe to say?
2: Well, I don't think that you can dispute uh, the optics and the concerns that yes. emanate from the optics from that. I there's I can't sit up here and tell you there is not going to be a um, palpable. Um, you know, and uh, conversation that includes a lot of frustration, you know, from people who will talk if that happens. Absolutely. I covered Josh McCown and spent, you know, a time, you know, covering the Bears in Chicago. Um, very few people, um, uh, meet up to the level of uh, regard that I have for Josh, especially in the time, you know, I don't speak to him as as much, you know, now, but what I'm saying is even at the time that I was covering him, there's probably not a person that I had, you know, higher regard for even at the time, okay? So Josh McCown is a great, great person. And um, on top of that, I'm sure he has a lot of intellect when it comes to the game, because specifically he's also a quarterback, right? That's almost kind of like, whoever you think that are some of these pundits that come on TV and though they weren't great quarterbacks not naming any people um but they <laughs> but they you know do a good job of pointing things out on the telestrator okay and that that comes from their strength of knowledge of breaking down film so great for them right and i'm not saying that he doesn't possess a strong knowledge of the game but when it comes to his experience right in comparison to the experience of other you know people who that are out there I think that is um, a logical cause for um, a heated conversation. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's, uh,
2: yes. The optics
1: are going to make it loud if Josh McCown's hired over Brian Flores, even if Josh McCown is a good hire, just because of what's.
2: And, and, well, and if I can do a Stephen, a. However, okay. However, there are are a couple things that I think are important, you know, with regards to the Texans' process. And I reported this on Twitter. And again, we'll, you know, continue to, uh, you know, talk about this even after this. Is that you know, part of their process over the last 48 hours per sources is, you know, going through and vetting the staffing plans of each of these candidates and vetting that out. Okay. So the viability, the availability, the fit of those components of this, what these candidates are telling you are the people that they would like on their staff. And then after that review, are they available? Are they viable? You know, do they, you know, do they fit? Is, you know, what is the feeling of those things? So that is I I can't tell you that is a very strong component with regards to this, I believe, in addition to, you know, just how the owner feels about like, let's say someone like Flores and his his Patriots lineage and all those other things and the pervasive uh, how much of, of that lineage is present and all those things in the comfort level with all of that. So all of those things have to come in place. In addition to the fact that you already have uh, coaches in there who have high regard in the building, Lovey Smith, mm. Pep Hamilton, you know, so what are these candidates saying about their ability to work with those people? That is a component here too. So we have to see what the results of those are. And then when the meeting of the minds happen, you know, where they settle specifically also after just coming off of, you know, uh, letting go of a coach just one year into this. You don't want to be like, you remember when you go to the arcade and those hippopotamus, you know, pop up and you just, you know, doing this in the coaches search. Every year? What, what is that called? Whack-a-mole whack-a-mole there is it whackamole yeah. or whackamole? Is whack-a-mole. 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 Okay. Uh, whack-a-mole I said mean, whackamole if you were <laughs>
1: you're Pete Prisco, you a Pete Prisco, you could say but, uh, okay.
2: So you don't want to have whack a mole going on every year with the coach and you know doing sure. that. Hopefully, whoever lands and surfaces from this review is the candidate that you can sit on for more than one year, Will.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, okay, other jobs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh the Dolphins. Um they have mm-hmm what i i had forgotten that they'd interviewed mike mcdaniel twice um which and and by the way i mean you know talk about the online discourse mike mcdaniel um a minority hire would he would be a minority hire uh someone should tell deadspin that before they write their uh write their this guy doesn't deserve it uh you know this this any, anyway um <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh, he uh just want going to yell however for the rest of the day however um, however yeah. however <laughs> I really mm-hmm. come, I didn't I don't think I liked Stephen A back in the day and I've like mm-hmm. now I like love Stephen like I just mm-hmm. I've come around like full circle on Stephen you come a. around? Yeah. All right. I mean I could watch these cowboy videos all freaking day long. Oh
2: well that's just funny just in tremendous.
1: Um mm-hmm. the uh the dolphins the dolphins who wants to work in Miami? Does any could this take this could take a while, right? And was there is there I, the rumor out there, Josina, the crazy theory, the crazy conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. is that the Dolphins were using the Vikings to launder Jim Harbaugh onto the job market and then hire him after Stephen Ross said, "I won't be the guy to take him away from." Michigan.
2: Say that again. Say that again.
1: So, like the theory, the 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 conspiracy theory mm-hmm. is that the Dolphins wanted to hire Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. but Stephen Ross had said, "I won't be the one to hire him away from Michigan." Mm -hmm. however if he went through an interview process with minnesota and then looked like he was going to take a coaching job in the nfl then steven ross could jump in and say you know what uh if he's going to take one anyway it's got to be my team uh that's a crazy conspiracy theory right Mm,
2: interesting um i haven't thought about that um it will be interesting to see where they land one thing we do know and i was trying to go through my phone and see if i can um you know, because I was given five names, and then I can't even—I um, didn't even have a chance. Sometimes people are telling me things on the phone, and then I'm not uh, writing them down, um, and then yeah. I have to go back, you know, through my notes. Um, but I, I do remember in listening uh, this morning that there, you know, you know, five candidates that I was hearing internally that you know they felt you know good about with regards to people that they you know talk to, and obviously you come in with the plan. Uh, Even I think in speaking to my sources, I was, you know, prepared to kind of hear an update on that, you know, earlier part of this week. And then, you know, a a firebomb dropped in the middle of that, which has completely uh, disrupted their process, you know, for these interviews. I think now the uh, thought process is to, you know, over this weekend, there's going to be some more. You know, huddling up or what have you. Uh, Chris Grimes, as I understand, uh, at least from what I'm being told, I'm obviously not down in Mobile, Alabama. Breaking news um, that he left. You know, uh, the a Senior Bowl. Once this came out, so this is a complete disruption of their process. And it's just also the irony of it, Will, that you know, once you and just with any job, right? You you let someone go. They are someone that produces for you. And then just the, you know, the feeling of, ah, you know, we got that out of our hair and everything is good. And we're just back to, we're just back to whatever, you know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. the irony now that after just being cool with disrupting uh, someone's livelihood, which is what happens obviously in these situations, that now this is the person, Brian Flores, who is coming back to completely disrupt everything with their process. I just talked to a dolphin source this morning who was just like, we are waiting to hear what are the next steps. You know, there's usually this process with the Senior Bowl, the scouting, and all that. Like all of that, like just waiting to hear what 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 we're doing next.
1: <laughs> right, 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 for sure. Down. But, um, yeah. what about the uh, what about the? I Saints?
2: think it will take you know some some definitely some more time, right?
1: Yeah, and also you know the whole thing with the yeah you know, Brian Flores stuff probably not mm-hmm. probably not helping matters with the Dolphins head mm-hmm. coach search.
2: Well, or, um, or 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 last last point is. Who among these coaches that I was just hearing? I'm sorry, I don't have the list here in front of me. That you yeah. know, that, who among those still want the job?
1: That's what I'm saying. Like
2: everything that's about to go on. So, so whereas you we probably were prepared to do that by the you know end of this weekend, you know, you got to check back in with these candidates and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. is Stephen Ross even going to still be the owner? Who's coming in? What happens? Are you losing draft picks? You know, what's what's going on?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you heard Mike Be Daniel, you know, in in an interview with uh, Matt Mayako of the uh, um, of NBC uh, Bay Area, you Mm -hmm. know, talked about how growing up in a diverse uh, childhood home, uh, you know, football, he 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 pointed out that part of his background and you know came like helped him get into football because it was like Mm -hmm. the great equalizer and all. It's very important to him, and so you you wonder would somebody with that type of background want to you know go work for steven ross while he's being sued for racial discrimination practices you know i mean that like i didn't. i mean i if i were a candidate uh for the miami dolphins i would definitely have uh you know reservations about taking that job now versus how i would have felt maybe a week ago um what about this oh sorry what are the saints are oh, they mm-hmm. are they just it seems i mean it seems like it's just gonna be dennis allen on an internal hire but maybe i'm wrong
2: well, I mean, I don't even know if Byron Leflich has interviewed for that job yet. Has he entered Has he? I know his name was connected to it, but has he actually interviewed? I don't know. I know Aaron Glenn has. Um, obviously, Dennis Allen is still an internal candidate. Like I said, I've been milling around back and forth around this country. I haven't heard <laughs> from anybody. You know that anyone no, no. else is uh, you know, uh, being interviewed for. Obviously. You know with the components that you have that's a you know a coveted job though you know the cap situation is less desirable mm. um you do have Jameis yeah. winston um i believe is Jameis winston james Winston's on a one-year deal. Yeah, one deal so what is the quarterback situation um but mickey loomis is a is a is a you know uh what's the word a magician when it comes to the cap so um, it's not like that aspect is gone because Sean Payton is not there. So um, I, you would think Dennis Allen is the uh, in the tent pole position. Though I remember when I spoke to uh, Demario Davis uh, on my show maybe a week and a half ago or so, uh, I I like the fact that he was. Uh, showing respect to alan being there um but also you know trying to be fair to the process in terms of just vocalizing it this is an open process so we're not just going to you know just do this wholehearted like alan or bust you know what i mean so i i do appreciate that
1: yeah and i mean look it's their first time doing a coaching search in since like 2006 so yeah you know, things have things have changed since
2: things have things have, things have changed but was in
1: the Super Bowl the last time they're doing a coaching search right
2: but but even regardless you know with all of these coaching searches that we have talked about you know the fact still remains um that there is one uh a black head coach in in the football league and it remains to be seen with the countdown clock on these vacancies if it's going to stay that way when it's concluded, though you do have Ron Rivera with the now Washington, I'm sorry, Commanders.
1: The Commanders, that's right. Got a stupid new name. Um
2: <laughs> and you have uh Robert with the Jets.
1: Yes, Robert Sala with the Jets. You know the the one job that I thought, you know, through all of this, it's like if the Jacksonville Jack, nobody nobody likes Jacksonville and the Jaguars. <laughs> Byron Leftwich one would be a black head coach that would, you know, like hiring a black head coach right now will, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you do it for the positive, you know, positive response, but it would be, you would receive uh, platitudes for for hiring Byron Lefkowitz, not just because he's another black head coach, but also because he's a former player for the franchise. And the guy he wants to work with, shout out NC State, Adrian Wilson would be a black GM that you're hiring as well. And you're somehow... Jacksonville going to let Trent Balky stand in the way of that dual hire which regardless of skin color would be really smart and uh I don't know it's kind of frustrating I'm I'm, I'm surprised that they wouldn't so, just the curb and do that
2: um you know my current plan is hopefully to speak you know to a source tonight that will you know give me some more information I've been trying to pin this person down for like the last 4 days um but um you know the current notion is that um, you know, the Jaguars are moving in a different direction from Byron mm. Leftwich, unless somehow that you know changes, you know, magically, and that there was momentum after that second interview in person on Tuesday, and that whatever it was, that conversation and exchange that took place, regard when it comes to the granularity uh, of what Byron Leftwich is saying that he would like and he needs. And, what the, and how the Jaguars are receiving and, that, and what they, they obviously have is what they want. Those things uh, did not match. And it sounds like, um, based on what I'm hearing, that uh, there is umbrage taken, you know, with regards right. to that being set forth on, on the table as to whatever those components are. Some people are going to tell you it is the Adrian Wilson factor. Some people are going to say that that really wasn't the main sticking point, depending on who you talk to. Um, I was not in that in that room obviously at the time but regardless I think that there is a a, a pretty well uh, a strong feeling that whatever the result of that conversation umbrage was taken and that has resulted in them uh the Jaguars turning away from uh Byron Luffridge at this time at least per what people are telling me <laughs> you know and, and the conversations that are going about with regards to that
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Well, that is a shame for the Jaguars because they could have had a slam dunk combo, and yet
2: I mean, maybe like I said, I'm very I'm very interested to hear it, what the situation is with Jim Caldwell um, and 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 the Jaguars. Um, sounds like you know there's an affinity, you know, maybe for Vic Fangio uh, potentially as a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, Daryl Bevel is still you know obviously interim head coach, and you know still uh, advocating. Um, as you know, for his own candidacy, um, and you know, uh, I haven't really gotten to read up on the Doug Peterson, you know, component. I, I did see some tweets coming out recently. I haven't been able to flush all of that out, but that's what I know at, 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 at this time.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. I love it. Great. Inside information. Any, uh, go get, get you a church fan and, uh,
2: well, and, you know, a couple of things that I do want to get lobster tacos. I do need to get my outfits together for Super Bowl, Brinson. We we don't show up half stepping at big events. You know what I'm that's saying?
1: Right. I okay. wanted to wear a hoodie and joggers for our <laughs> for our HQ show, and I was told no. You will be wearing a. Oh really? That, that,
2: that's what they told you? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I was like, Can we please? Well, the last your- time we did a podcast, you did have a knit cap on. In- yeah, that's
1: right. I want well, indoors.
2: Which I was asking you was how that goes over with your wife. I was just cu- I was just curious. No, no, no judgment. Just curious. You know, that's like
1: on the that's way down on the list of things that annoys my <laughs> wife. Uh, it's a, it's At a least long you acknowledge
2: list. that there's a, <laughs> oh, there's a list. Oh,
1: there's a list. There's a list.
2: Uh, and, that, and that's outside of the honey do list okay <laughs> that's,
1: yeah, yeah, this is a, this is not a to-do list a um,
2: separate list <laughs> yeah
1: and you know the uh we were told on our conference call too it's gonna be like freezing up on the uh the rooftop where we're on a helipad where we're doing our, our be freezing
2: oh well, yeah because i missed that call i was traveling back so they said, wait, wait, they, said they were like
1: prepared they're like long johns would be fine i was like what we're going to los angeles we're talking about?
2: long oh, oh thank you for saying that because i absolutely need to look at weather.com yeah check
1: it looks like it's going to be like a little bit warmer like se- like high 60s low 70s yeah it is just cold as hell in north carolina right now but um yeah. i yeah. would uh are talking about
2: cold relatively speaking
1: yeah but i also think that because of like the cuz it's on like a rooftop that it may be colder oh and we're
2: near water yeah that that ask
1: yeah. ask i would ask somebody i'm going to ask somebody too but like i would i would inquire about it Josina, because
2: Lord, toward, toward, toward here I long am. Long
1: John's was, was bandied about and that, that, that got me a little nervous.
2: Mm, well, g- good heads up by you so I don't yeah. come out there in my cool outs.
1: Glad I could bring a little, in- a little information to the podcast, personally. <laughs> <laughs> As always, seen excellent we stuff. We delivered the we'll, most uh, important notes, well, yes. <laughs> hey, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you out in LA.
2: We will see you. Bye, guys. All right, sounds good. See you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.